bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 13, SCL 2, Week 2 Preview. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cypher and or Jesse, and I'm so happy that you're here to help cultivate, to help drive narratives, to watch Melee, to listen to Melee, listening being the big key here. We are still not a visual medium-related content that you may consume. This is still this is still going to be just audio for now. I'm looking into YouTube options, so I guess you can keep that in mind. And today I have Wasabi, Jesse, and Dark Gen X to talk about this upcoming weekend of Summit Champions League 2 Week 2. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and let that roll. And yeah, I'll I'll just talk to you after we're done. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Big crossover event. event. Big crossover event today to preview Summit Champions League 2 Week 2. It is myself, Cypher, and we also have Wasabi of the Wannabes podcast. We have Jesse, a.k.a. J. Bobison of Raise the Bar Lancaster, and we have Dark Gen X of Twitter and also Honorary Melee Stats member. Let's start with you, Dark Gen X. Is that true, or did I get that wrong? No, that's completely right. I am Dark Gen X from Twitter. I thought you were going to say Dark Gen X from Roblox when you were doing the introduction, but that works too. And I guess you could say I'm an honorary melee stats member. I did do the pod. I did do their melee podcast for um, the Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition with Edwin. So I guess you could say that. That's awesome, and it was cool to catch a little bit of that. And it's really cool that the four of us were able to get together this evening to look ahead to this upcoming weekend of melee that we have to start off on Saturday. I believe there's going to be the Frame Perfect Five series hosted a Mewtwo Kings sub-tournament to qualify the top four players to try and make it into Summit Champions League 2. And then on Sunday, all of the Division 1 and Division 2 matchups. That's the more or less of it. But I wanted to take a quick moment to recap Week 1. Just a quick thought that anybody would have. I guess I should start with you, Jesse. You were sort of catching up on those matches today before we started recording you were telling me that so what do you remember or like about week one of summit champions league two uh, they were they were all great sets but uh like obviously the standout is always going to be the mango zane set but uh it, it was it was a little odd to me i feel like the like knee-jerk reaction to, to for people like in twitter and like in twitch chats was like oh man Maybe Falco Marth's good on FD all of a sudden, and it's like, there's no way that you could watch that and say, like, I feel like Zane was 100%. I don't know. I feel like, not saying anything was holding him back, but he's, uh, that wasn't the best I've seen out of him, I feel like. Wasabi, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, yeah. To kind of end, end on that thought, I think that, like, Mango was just kind of the better player that week, but it could be very different moving into week two. For me, I was most impressed by Moki. Not really surprised because I was calling it in our last episode, but, you know, it's great that he, you know, talked shit and walked the walk and made it into D1 after beating Hbox, who I thought was... Uh, I think the role should have been reversed and Moki should have been in D1 and Hbox in D2, but it, it's cool to see that, that Moki's in there and, and has the chance to fight in D1. So that that's what I'm most excited for going to week two. 
and Dark Gen X, you want to help close out week one for us? What do you remember or like a lot from last weekend? Sure. So both of those are really impressive matches, and I'm basically disagreeing with both of what you've said. But the two standouts to me, first off, um, Daki. So I remember I seated Daki, I believe, fifth at the SCL qualifier, and I got a lot of complaints about that. People were saying he was overseeded and whatnot. But he showed he showed himself. He beat Slug and Cobalt at the qualifiers, um, getting a respectable fourth place. And then at SCL, he beat Aklo in what I'd say is an upset. But it's like he's been doing really well in West Coast events beforehand. But now it's like people know Daki. Like they're like, okay, that Daki's been doing great now. But he's also beaten like Fat Goku and a handful of other like solid players over the course of the last couple of months. And I think that Daki's and name we're going to be seeing a lot more as the weeks progress, and I want to see how he does in uh, next week's SCL. Another thing I want to point out is the Coderin Plup set. Um, Coderin 3 wanting Plup. Anyone have any thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, it, it, I think you know, everyone was thinking, like, oh, Coderin's kind of the filler for Plup, so it, it was interesting to for to see this story come full circle as, as we know Plup declined in being into the event, whether that was D1 or in D2. Uh, and so to kind of get the night after he what only dropped one or two games at at Levo to qualify was really insane. I think it also cemented Kadoran as definitely the next choice. You know, he, I think it just cemented his spot into the SEL where people maybe had some contention or worry about whether he belonged there, especially because SFAT kind of gave him a little bit of a beating uh, of a welcome party. Dude, I watched that S Fat set right into the uh right into the plup set and I kinda just wrote Kodoran off. Like I was sitting there on my couch with my roommate who doesn't watch Melee, and I was explaining it. I'm like, look, Plup got in from the through the open qualifiers, but he's like this like top player. This is you know, Sheik Marth, like he's good at the matchup. It's it's a hard matchup. There's no way. And then Kodoran just like proceeds to make it look like I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, which I don't, but <laughs> Oh my god. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. One question I had for you, Justin, if we could go back to Daki, is you are very famous, I think, within the community of knowing which players are are, are on the rise, which of their stocks are, are going up. And and I see you, you knew about Daki beforehand, which is no surprise. Uh, d- mm-hmm. Is he a well-rounded like player, or does he tend to gravitate more towards, like, spacey you know spacey matchups you know with you know playing fat goku a lot you know blade uh you know washington has a lot of like peaches and puffs like does he have a specialty or is he like well-rounded i'm just curious to know more about he is him. a pretty well-rounded player like if you look at his west coast results he beats a lot of like the strange floaty players like ycz he beats like azusa for peach and then also is like fairly solid against spaces too being bobby big balls meds whatnot he doesn't really have any problem matchups. He's just an overall solid player. That's that's amazing to hear. Yeah, thank thank you for that insight. I appreciate the insight as well because I'm not sure how many times I've heard the name Daki before last weekend. I think I might have only heard it once or twice, but I couldn't even have tell, told you like what character Daki mains. So this is all really helpful info for me. Excited to continue to see what all Daki is going to be able to do this upcoming weekend. I guess that can help us transition into looking at the division two matches for this upcoming weekend because that's where the stream will start it'll start with division two with those matches and i guess the first one here that i'm looking at is hungry box versus lucky and i'll 
started off with you, Jesse. Do you want to talk about your initial thoughts of seeing that matchup? Yeah, like knee jerk is that lucky should just win it. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. H box like in in East Coast Fridays, he's been looking really good, and I know he's not D one anymore, but he's looking. He was looking way better this week than he has in like last SEL. And I think I think I kinda wanna take H box, especially um yeah. I, I kinda wanna take H box to go back up to division one maybe even. Dark Janix, I'll pass it to you. So with Hungry Box and Lucky, a lot of what like people who are I guess like Hungry Box centers at this point, they bring up his wide streak of losses. He's got a lot, he got 3-0'd by Fable before winning the tournament um, on the 10th. He's got losses to like Toussaint, to Beezin, to Albert, like et cetera. A bunch of players who, I guess the H-Box of 2020 land would, it would be a shocker if he dropped games to some of these people. Um, something to note though, is out of all of these upsets that Hungrybox has had, none of them have been Fox players. He's still pretty solid at that matchup, and I think that he is probably the favorite given his consistency against Fox with everything considered. And Wasabi, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree as well with, with Jesse and Dark Gen X. I think the thing going into it is, is HBox and Lucky have a lot of history over the years, um, especially if you think like one of Lucky's like best runs being Big House 4. He knocked HBox out at ninth back then granted that was what 2014 uh so it doesn't really affect anything going into this but i'm just excited to see sort of a like a pretty classic set if you think about melee history um and you know like dark genix said you know hbox hasn't dropped any really sets to fox in in like an upsetting way and so i think um i got hbox on this one as well I'm thinking the same thing, but uh, it's for a different reason. Uh, just to catch up, Dark Genix, you and I don't know each other as well directly, but I'm I'm just a spectator as of now. I don't even play in, in a brackets or events or anything, but mm. I look at the angle of Smash Summit 11, something that I forgot to bring up that was announced this past weekend, Smash Summit 11 happening in July, if I recall correctly, and there's no promises, and we don't know what it's going to be if it's going to be all online or if there's a possibility outside chance of it being IRL. But I, I've heard Hungrybox say more than once how excited he is for the eventual return of IRL events. Is that an extra motivation? That's just something that I think about in terms of this upcoming weekend. Of, I'm sure that the top players and people behind the scenes knew that this was coming for a while, but I'm just curious about now that it's out there and people are going, that might be potentially be IRL. I don't want to just say it's going to be. I just like to speculate. That is all my own opinion. So just as a reference, Smash Summit 11 is going to be in real life. Ooh, okay. This is not, oh, shit. This is not private information. It is on Aiden Calvin's Twitter, but it's not like super out there that it's going to be on like in real life. But if you check that Twitter account, it does say that it will be offline. Summit kind of I follow itself. Aiden on Twitter. Wow. And I didn't see this. I feel That's so bad. Crazy. Yeah, Summit Even kind of lends itself for that, right? It's like one of the easier formats to bring back in real life. Yeah, I agree with that too. 
I think I, I mentioned this to to Cipher before is that it's um that that summit would be actually a really good tournament to start bringing back IRL because there are just less people at, in, involved for for safety precaution's sake. Mm-hmm. That's that's exciting. Thank you for the uh, insight, Justin. And by so the it's way... not breaking news, but Dark Janix, thank you for kind of sort of breaking it. I really do appreciate <laughs> that because I wasn't sure. It, it's knowing that that that's the plan as of now is whew, that's very exciting. Okay, so moving on in Division Two to Ginger versus Daki, and we've already talked about Daki a little bit. I'm curious to start with Wasabi here. Your your thoughts on how Ginger is going to go into this matchup being sort of the the one that's playing a little bit cold as compared to Daki who seems to be has a lot of momentum yeah I mean I think Ginger is probably one of the most consistent players that has recently reached that top 10 echelon and and he said it himself on his Twitter that you know going from top 10 to top 5 is probably one of the hardest things to do in the game and and I have to agree with that but his consistency as a competitor speaks for himself so I really think that he's going to bounce back and he's going to have a Dark Fox lesson in the back pocket, uh, studying Daki and, and preparing for it. And so I expect Ginger to kind of come out full force. He, you know, unfortunately was paired with Mango last in last weeks and then lost a nail-biter of a set against SFAT Game 5 uh, to get into D2. So I really um, think that even with Daki running really hot, that that I I feel like Ginger is going to be very much ready for it and have the mentality to claw his way back to D1. Jesse, I'll pass it to you. Yeah, I mean, I just got to echo what you said. Like Ginger's just the grinder of the melee community at the moment, and you know has been for a while. That's why he's where he's at. And at like as much respect as I have for Daki, I just can't see it right now. Ginger, like I can't see Ginger dropping that set at all. Dark Janix, your thoughts? I'm going to echo the sentiments of what Jesse and Wasabi have been saying. So Ginger has been a very consistent player over the course of rollback. He's arguably, like, not even arguably, it's like objectively he is a top 10 player in the online era. Very consistent, is rarely dropping sets to Foxes who are considered, like, worse than him. And then additionally, uh, something I want to point out is that a lot of the players who are in SCL aren't regularly entering locals. There's a handful that are, and Ginger is one of them, and he like regularly enters like weeklies and locals where he's sometimes the first seed by a significantly large margin, and he's still not dropping sets to any Fox players who are considered worse than him. And I think it's cool to see that a player... I, in general, it's cool to see like top players entering locals and whatnot, and I think that Ginger is prepared for the Fox matchup. I mean, he did lose... like With the SFAT set in mind, like, I think he's still at a level above Daki's. And although Daki has been running hot, I would probably give it to Ginger if I were a betting man. And as I recall, I remember SFAT in the interview afterwards when he was talking about playing against Ginger to make it into Division One. He, he felt like that Ginger wasn't playing at his best. Sort of not the mirror thing that we were talking about, Zane earlier potentially not playing his best against Mango, but just that Ginger has so many opportunities to practice and to get it right in bracket because he seems to enter not every night entering an event but like you all have been saying he grinds so much and that's such a cool thing to see so moving on to the 
next matchup here in Division Two is Nun versus Gatsu, two Falcons. And Dark Janice, I'll just pass it to you first, so you can, so you don't have to always bring up the back of the train. What do you think about Nun versus Gatsu? Sure. So, with all things in mind, just to point out that, like, there have been, uh, I guess, extra circumstances in regards to Nun's performance recently, real life circumstances and whatnot, and. I believe like that is a contributor to why Nun hasn't been performing as highly well, and it's something to hold against him. Just like something to point out as to why, like he hasn't been doing as well recently. Um, Coderin beat him this week, and Ben beat him this week. He's been entering locals. He entered a training mode Tuesdays, and he entered Xanadu, which he won over Bbats and Grants. But um, Godsu's also been running really hot as well, and he is no stranger to the Falcon matchup. Based on, I guess. Gatsu's improving performances recently and Nun's I hate to say decline, but in that sense I'd probably give it to Gatsu, even if that would be considered like an upset nowadays. And I want to hear Wasabi's reaction to that, Wasabi. Yeah, I think as like a competitor of myself, obviously not to the level of of Nun or Gatsu, it's it's still always hard when you're balancing other life uh events and stuff like that. And and that's, you know, while not taking away from the wins of the players that have beaten none, it is something to consider. I think really what we might see is um, Gatsu also being the Melee Stats Player of the Month last month, if, if I recall. And, and Justin, you can correct me on that. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I honestly don't know what to expect it's it feels like just with the circumstance and even without the circumstance gatsu has a chance and and more than even just a little like it just feels so dead even to me because there's just so many different variables but it's not actually a matchup that i get to see too often in terms of not falcon falcon but none versus gatsu like the two players matching up and so i'm just really excited to see that because i don't think they have a really storied history versus each other compared to the top three Falcons of Wizzy, SJ, and Nun. From what you bring up with history, sorry to interject really quickly, yeah, but the last it. time they played was at GMO uh, in January, and Gatsu actually won 3-1. to one. Wow. So that he is... does have the head-to-head. Lifetime as well, he's 3-1 three to, three to one on Gatsu. Wow. Oh, 3-1 on Nun, sorry. That is, that is crazy. Yeah, so I'm super excited. I mean, I think to not only... I, I think it's it would be an understatement to say Gatsu's running hot, also because he's just been so consistently good recently. And I mean, to impress the melee stats to get the player of the month shout out, I think speaks volumes of it's it seems like he's upped his game uh, a notch or two. So there's certainly a difference between getting a shout out from melee stats and then like an idiot like me going, oh, wow, Gatsu's playing really well. Everybody's like, okay, okay. Jesse, uh, do you have any other thoughts you want to add for Gatsu versus Nun? Uh, just just that, like, I, I have to favor Nun, but seeing Gatsu against Axe this week kind of shook my confidence. Like, it's it's hard to see... It's hard to see Gatsu do so well against Axe or, like, any Falcon do well against Axe like that and not be convinced. And then, like... Also, you know, it's just a Falcon ditto. It's been a while since, t- like, the 20GX, like, Gravy, uh, since Gravy, Gatsu, and, like, Wizzy have been together as, like, 20GX, but I still, <laughs> I st- it's still in my head as, like, they're very good at Falcon dittos. 
And I don't really feel I have much more to offer than that. Does anybody want to close it out, or do we want to move on to the next matchup? I think we can get we can get into the the last one, which is Kalamazoo versus Kadoran, right? The, those are the two that are left. Yep. Yeah. And I'll, that... I'll... Sorry. Oh, go go ahead, Wasabi. Oh, I was just gonna say I think that's gonna be a really really interesting matchup, uh, mainly because with the with Triff being in you know in Europe and stuck there because of the pandemic for obvious reasons um and Armada retiring and Lod going into med school I think Peach hasn't really had a lot of spotlight recently and and likewise with Ryobi not you know being as active during the online era so I think that I'm really excited to see a very uh popular matchup that was like popular back in like 2016 2017 uh of marth peach uh the these days with two very kind of new school players i think Kadoran, uh when especially when we saw him play club had just like all of the new you know 20 2020 you know 2000 or 2021 like tech and i'm curious to see how that matches up with kalamazoo's refinement of his punish game which is arguably you know better than armadas dare i say and oh. and oh. <laughs> I, I guess I should. I, I was gonna talk to Jesse about it next, but Dark Genesis. What, what, I think you you've had a lot of history in melee as well. What punish better than Armada? Is anybody allowed to say that? So actually, I'm pretty. I'm relatively new school to melee in regards to a lot of like the old guard and around. Like I started playing in 2016, so I don't know if I can say that Kalamazoo's got better punishing than Armada, but I've definitely heard that from various people. Don't know if I can believe it or not. Um, in regards to Kalamazoo, though. Um, given with Lod switching to the box, Triff and Europe results, like, it's very hard to evaluate objectively in comparison to, like, U.S. tournaments and whatnot. And with what, um, Wasabi said with, like, Ryobi not being so active, with Mog not being so active, uh, Aura not being so active, etc. There is a fairly strong argument that Kalamazoo with his results right now is the best Peach in the world. Given wins on like Moki, Fat Goku, the Mango win, uh, Ben, etc. And he's been like low-key doing really, really well at all these tournaments. He had, a, I believe he beat IBW at LACS 3? I'm not, yeah, he did. And wow. also going like game 5 with HBox, game 5 with like Hacks. Um, the only like, I guess, questionable-ish loss being Whiskers, but he's been very consistent at the events he's been entering. And we haven't seen too much Marth Peach recently. There hasn't been a lot of like Marth versus Peach. And with Kodoran's records against Peach, he's like even with Aura over six sets, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just doing a quick scroll on Smash Data. But um Kodoran is definitely a kind of player who he will like learn and grind like the meat of a matchup and learn like all of these intricate interactions. Whereas like Kalamazoo, which what people have been saying before, is like very punish game oriented and he's like takes the most that you can get out of a hit and it's like it's very interesting to see those two styles like collide where it's like someone who is like so focused on the neutral versus someone who's so focused on the punish and it's really cool to see how those sets go especially in something like more beach where that's really important yeah Jesse, it, pass it to you. oh sorry wasabi go ahead oh just a quick interjection is i think Kadoran versus plup was a great example of that where he would just let plup get back onto the corner and then just play out the corner situation thousands of times on dreamland because he's like yeah i just know this neutral game situation uh so yeah just wanted to kind of note that because i think kadoran's neutral is really impressive 
And at the same time, I, I saw earlier today, um, Kadoran also hit up Peaches on the Melee Online Discord looking for practice. So it's it's going to be interesting if he's able to even get that practice again with a lot of Peaches not being as active. And Jesse, I'll I, pass it to you. I, I like it's hard sometimes to pick the Peach in the Marth Peach set uh, when they're both like relatively even skill level. But um, I, I want to, I got to pick Kalamazoo because like he's just been in big tournaments like in you know kind of spots like this more often it feels like than Kadoran. and uh there was some talk about Kadoran kind of getting like psyching himself out against Sfat this week and uh i don't know like this this uh this format like presents tougher mental hurdles for some of the players and especially new players because you're sitting there all week knowing like okay i'm fighting kalamazoo and uh that's like, you know, it can help you, but it can also mess you up a little bit. You can psych yourself out. I mean, and for what it's, Go sorry. ahead. Uh, no for worries. what it's worth, uh, he's also a player similar. Like, we, mentioned, we mentioned Ginger earlier, where he was a player who enters a lot of tournaments. Um, Kodoran, uh, he runs TMT and enters it every week, and he has been putting up significant results at all these tournaments. Like, I like hinted on it earlier, but he beat none a couple of days ago, and he also beat Gatsu at the same tournament. Um, and Marth Falcon has been a pretty contested matchup recently. I know LSD has a lot of thoughts on that if you ever check mm -hmm. his Twitter or streams and whatnot. But um, I feel like Kodoran isn't the kind of player who would just like see a match and be like, oh, oh, Marth Peach, I haven't played this in a while. He's like the kind of player who sees it and is like, okay, I'm going to grind really hard and play this matchup. But I don't think he's the kind of like person who would like psych himself out like that. But it's all the speculation at this point. Who knows what's going on in top player minds. Yeah. And I'm I'm really excited about the fact that I feel like Kadorn did get a little bit of a shot of confidence by beating Club. I, I, if if I were in that situation, I'd go, oh no, I lost, but I beat Club, and I'm still in mm -hmm. SCL. I don't have to requalify. And so I, I think that there was as much of as much of a disappointment, but also excitement after losing to Sfat, but then beating um, Plup that that Kadorn can go into this matchup with with Kalamazoo and possibly take it, but I'm I'm still not sure yet. I'm still not decided, so I'll wait till we pick these matches in the end. Anybody else have a thoughts about it? Are we ready to move to Division One? Uh, just some closing thing is I think Kadorin with last week, especially considering that he was one of the pick players going into SEL, like I, I'm I'm really amazed by his mentality. I feel like he like I think one thing you worry about with players rising is like that sort of added pressure, but I think he's had that for a while now. So it, it was something that I'm not even too concerned about actually um, move it, moving forward. And of course, this is all like psychological speculation as Stark Gen X said, but you know, he really, I think has proven to have that sort of mentality and, and has broken out now, which is I think a really important thing versus compared to a player who is trying to break out. Right, you beat Plup, it kind of affirms, like, okay, I'm good at the game. Like, there's <laughs> there's not much higher that you can, higher of, like, an achievement that you can get and uh, still doubt yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. And so let's move on to Division 1. We have, to start off, Mango versus Wizro. Mango coming off of winning the single elimination bracket last week and took a little bit, took about what 60 seconds to going back and forth between Sfat and Wizrobe, I believe, but then settling on Wizrobe for this matchup. 
I'll pass it to Doc Genix first. What are your thoughts on this set? So, Lifetime, Mango has never lost a Wizrobe. I think <laughs> it is a fairly not too extreme statement to say that Wizrobe may be Mango's best pick out of anyone we could have selected, and that Mango is probably the heavy favorite to win that set. But I know that Wizrobe has been training a lot in the Fa in the Falco matchup. He's been playing a lot with uh, Beer Man and 404 Cray this week in particular to uh, practice. And I think we'll get a good set regardless, but if I were a betting man, I would put all of my Lud dollars on Mango. All the gold wig. Yeah, I'll pass it to Jesse. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, what is there to say about it? Maybe uh, having the time to grind for someone like Wizrobe at single-mindedly trying to beat mango is going to help him but it yeah that matchup their matchup history is so lopsided i have to go mango right wasabi you want to wrap it up i don't think i'll be able to add anything yeah yeah i think the only thing i'll add um is that mango really kind of didn't care with the pick he, I remember um, watching his stream after he won and, and he had to make his pick and he's like, it's between Wizier and Fat, And then I think he was going to pick Fat because he felt bad for picking Wizzy <laughs> until Fat jumped into chat and was like, don't pick me, I want Zane. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> and so, so that's how Mango picked Wizzy, but I think Mango just, like, like, he almost didn't pick Wizzy because he knows the outcome too. So, like, <laughs> what else is there to say about that you know it's not even confidence yeah, but like he begrudgingly took Wizzy <laughs> who's almost gonna save him uh, that just would be the upset of all upsets of, the, of like the past however many years I remember I think it was none that beat Mango where the commentators were talking about how long it had been since Mango had lost to a Captain Falcon in bracket but I forget what event that was George Janice, maybe you have to put you on the spot. Do you, does anybody remember? It was like EGLX 2019. Yeah. Right. So, I and, and I know that the Falco and Falcon matchup, even just as a spectator, how overwhelming it looks as the Falcon player staring down the gun, the laser, and all the amazing options that Falco has. So, let's move on to S2J versus Sunsei. Not quite as a cut and dry matchup, and actually one that I'm interested to hear uh, we'll start with jesse uh, thoughts on because i want to say that it's soon say like instinctually but i know how amazing s2j has been playing this year and just online in general so jesse what are your thoughts on this set yeah specifically in the last month s2j's results have been just ridiculous and i, I, I like have to go with s2j but uh, i don't know soon like an odd one i feel like i don't hear much about him from uh, outside of scl uh i might be wrong he might be entering something but like watching watching him play hacks this week was ridiculous he looks so clean so i don't know but like i have to go like i, I have to believe s2j is the favorite right and i'll pass it to wasabi yeah, I think you know something about Sensei is he 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 similar to Kalamazoo, I think has has had a quiet rise in during the online era, and he was making claims you know right before COVID and then the shutdown all happened as well. Um, the one thing that you know I'm inclined to say SJ as well, but I think really we're gonna get a really fast paced game, and SJ is arguably one of the only players I think that 
can keep up with Sunsei's speed. Um, I'm looking. I'm thinking back to Sunsei versus Pew Pew back at uh, Summit Ten, right? Uh, Pew Pew actually took like two games to like kind of adjust and ended up making the reverse three zero comeback. But like he just couldn't handle Sunsei's like speed at all, and I think that's one of Sunsei and like generally Canada's strengths. Uh, when you look at like the top three of Moki, Sunsei, and and none, in in no particular order, and it's just going to be interesting because Suj like has that speed and he's a similar type of player as Sunsei where he can kind of bulldoze with speed alone, and so I think it's just going to be a really interesting slobber knocker of a match. And Dark Janix, I'll pass it to you. So, um, in regards to Falcon versus Sunsei. Sunsei did beat none in Division One regulations of uh, Week One SCL, and he's also beaten Gatsu in the rollback era, so he's no stranger to the Falcon matchup. And I know he's also beaten none in real life. Um, Torps, I believe, like right before COVID, uh, shut down the world and whatnot. Uh, for my thoughts on this, Sunsei, like people have said, is a quietly rising player. He's been doing phenomenally on rollback. He's also doing great uh, in real life before events uh, ended. SGG, on the other hand, uh, he's been playing arguably at the level of like a top five player. He's beaten, beaten Zane, beaten IBW, uh, HBox, the whole competition. And he also beat Sunsei the last time they played. Uh, while I think this will be a great set, and I love Sunsei, I would have to give it to SJ if I had to bet on it. One thing I'd like to add is uh, when I remember watching him versus none and, and a lot of his matchups, it, it feels like sometimes he freestyles. And I think for Summit 10, I think maybe Mango was on the couch. So, but don't quote me on it. But like a comment was made about just like Sunsei kind of playing with his food a little bit, especially in the Falcon matchup, because as, as a Fox main myself, you kind of have the world to you uh, when you are you know, when you're kind of comboing Falcon. But I think SJ is going to be all business. And and I think that's my one worry about uh, Sunsei going into this match. Is it, like, if he's running hot, can he finish his combo, get Falcon off stage, and get that edge guard that he wants? It'll Against be really a, fun. To, yeah. It'll be really fun to watch. It actually helps the precursor into these other matchups where it's it's Fox City. Not that Zane is going to play as Fox versus Moki, but that's our next matchup here, Moki versus Zane. And Wasabi, I'll, I'll have you start this one of what your thoughts are on the matchup. Yeah, I think Moki is probably the the smartest pick for, for Zane. Um, you know, I know SFAT really wanted Zane to pick him. Um, and and SFAT is on the verge of, you know, truthfully getting uh, his 20th loss against Zane. Oh, I was wondering uh, if we were still keeping count. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, we we are. Oh, uh, and I th I think it was Squid or Slime that put, that made the joke the like fool me once, but fool me a twentieth time. Like no one beats as fat <laughs> twenty times in a row. Uh, but back to Zane and Moki. I think Moki's like the best bet for Zane. It, it's Fox Marth is gonna be really interesting. I'm really excited for this uh, because I think one of the main storylines in it is that. Moki is one of the highest level foxes that are is still going fox for this matchup. And I think that's going to speak volumes for him himself. I don't think Moki... I never portrayed Moki as like the strongest like specialist in, in the Marth Fox matchup. But I'm really interested to see what new stuff he brings. Because he always has a 
unique spin against just the dominant Zane. And I think there's just nothing much else to say about Zane. So for me, the storyline is, you know, Moki's kind of the one of the last Bastion outside of Esfat to be contesting Marth uh, in, in the matchup. Now with IBW most likely switching to Sheik in the near future, whether he'll do it in this week too if he runs into Zane uh, is, is up in the air. But, you know, just for long term, I'm curious to see that. And Dark Janix, what do you think about Zane versus Moki? So I think that first off, if you look at Moki's results in the last in twenty twenty one in general, he is literally not placed under fourth at a tournament. Just in general. He wins everything he enters. He beats pretty much anyone he comes into contact with that's not like top five or Kalamazoo. And he is overall been playing phenomenally and grinding on a stream and he's playing like the best he's ever played. Zane does not lose to Fox. Uh, I think this will be a really good set. I think that Zane is the favorite, and I think that some Foxes, a lot of Foxes, like with Leffen and IBW, uh, they're switching to Sheik, specifically on FD, or just for the matchup in general. There are still a handful of Foxes that believe in the matchup, like Moki, like Hacks, etc. And I just want to see where this goes like this discourse of like can fox actually do it is marth or is zane just that good to the point where it's just not possible it's like i just want to see what happens like is there a world where moki beats zane and the discourse shifts is there a world where moki beats zane and everything stays the same and ibw and left and continue on street that's just the world i want to see that would be an amazing Twitter to follow along on that timeline. But Jesse, I'll pass it to you. What are your thoughts on Zane Moki? Dude, I want to see Moki do it so bad because it would just shatter Twitter because you would have all the knee-jerk reactionary people kind of like in your court this time being like, oh, no, look, Fox can do it. And then just like you watch like IBD, IBDW left and like push back against them. I, I just want to live in that world, but I don't know if we can. And, and it kind of... It, it kind of uh, is the way that this uh, Division One SCL bracket's going to go. Like, Zane gets the spacey bracket, right? So, like, Zane's probably getting the winner's finals. And uh, Mango's, got, Mango's got S2J and Wizzy, right? Like, most likely. <laughs> so he gets the, the Falcon bracket, which is incredible for him. So, like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I'm projecting a little farther forward than the prompt is is, is here, but uh, that's kind of the way I look at it, is that, like, look, Zane's playing against the Spacey. I feel like he's just going to do it. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to the rest of the single elimination bracket, but, yes, it's so hard not to just pick Zane, no matter what Spacey he's coming across, and, well, except for Mango, but last week, and the Fox specifically... I remember Sunsei also contributing to this discussion about Fox not even bothering and just switching to another character, being like, I still think that Fox can do it, so we'll see. But the last matchup that we have is IBDW versus SFAT, and it's a Fox ditto. I think I've decided that I like Fox dittos very recently, so <laughs> I'm, excited. I'm excited to see this. And I'll just pass it to Jesse first so you can kick us off and establish the storyline if you want to. Of what do you think is going to happen with this matchup? 
I mean, it's hard because like SFAT has been top 10 and like maybe, I don't know, it feels like he kind of went away for a little bit or his focus shifted. I don't know. I haven't heard a lot from him, but he hasn't been in the forefront as much. And in the meantime, IBDW has taken up the reins as like, you know, the the best non-Leffen Fox at the moment. <laughs> and, you know, challenging him if we could see, oh man, I want to see I want to see IBDWS fat so bad, but we or IBDW left so bad, but we can't yet. So like, I don't know. S fat since he's been back in SEL has been looking really good. Uh, he looked insanely strong against Kadoran, but IBDW's IBDW, and like I have to believe he's going to take it again. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of picking the favorites here a lot. Well, it's hard not to, but yeah, yeah we'll pass it to Dark Janex. What do you think about IBDWS fat? Um, if I'm not mistaken, IBGW does. I don't think he's dropped a set to a fox on rollback. Ooh, I may be wrong, but I think you're right I'm, about that. Yeah, if that's true, I don't see a reason why it would change now. And I think that, like, if you look at his overall rollback results, like he's argu- like that, he's most arguably number three in the world. Uh, He's been playing extremely well recently. Uh, barely loses to anyone who's considered worse than him. Uh, overall, grinds literally every day on his stream. He is one of the most hardworking people in Melee. And while I'm not trying to discredit Asfad, who's, I would imagine, also hardworking and also solid Fox Ditto, I think IBW is on another level right now. And I think that if I were to have to put I guess a stake in it. I would probably go with IBW for this. I will say that, um, like the only, the only way I can see it go wrong for IBW or like hit start having a rough time of it, and I'm sure it's been said before, but like balancing a dual main is really hard. And uh, if if he's not quite balancing his practice right between Sheik and Fox, I could see a, a little dip in results possibly while he figures out how he's going to, like, logistically dual main. Yeah, we saw hints of that with his all-chic tournament at um, the Alstom Melee Bender, where he uh, got 3-0'd by the swooper after switching to Fox for a game. And it's part of the transition period for him, where it's, like, learning how to switch between Sheik and Fox in the same bracket. But I'm not sure if that's going to be the case here, because I know that... Uh, he said that he will be going primarily Fox for SCL, and he's not look, working on the transition until after the tournament, with Alston Malabender being an exception. In terms of practice, I think that IBW knows that the priorities are with SCL at this point, given that short term he's going to be playing primarily Fox for this and will most likely not have to go Sheik until later on in the tournament. So, overall, I think that his fox will be fine. We'll see. Wasabi, you want to wrap this one up? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I first agreed with you, Justin, about uh, IBDW not dropping like, a set to a fox. Uh, was fight? I, I but then I just remembered Sfet took a tournament from IBW uh, a while back uh, at Fight for SoCal Eight, and I wondered if if that was post rollback implementation already. Um, 
uh, and I totally forgot whether it was or not, but that was the last time Black that Crystal SF... Crystal Calais was in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was it? Okay, then never mind. Okay. Uh, yeah, so then <laughs> we are correct on that. Um, I'm really excited for this. I think it, it is very much IBW favored, but I think SFAT is one of those players that doesn't really let the history really affect him, you know, or the pressure really affect him. He has probably one of the strongest mentalities going into, you know, in melee. And I think that when you look at the 3-1 loss against IBW at Glint Melee Open, um, the set, the games were, were closer than you would expect. And I think it's one of those things where, um, you know, performance, you know, just general performance is is on a spectrum. And if there's a day where SFAT's, you know, a little bit higher, playing close to 100%, and Cody's maybe in the, you know, you know, B level game sort of you know a little bit in the middle of his in the his performance spectrum I think we could get a really close set um you know there's really not much to say about that I think that it's like one of those where it's like this the new up and coming hotness unarguably I think number three in the world right now IBW versus a real veteran of the game who has never stopped playing and has always continued to improve so I think it's, it's going to be really interesting, especially considering that SFAT beat one of his more recent demons, Ginger, last week. And I think that must have been a big weight off his shoulders as well, I'd imagine. And so that wraps up Division 1. And the last part of all of this, and the hardest one to project, is the SEL qualifier for this weekend, Frame Perfect Series 5. Just to give a quick intro to it, it's probably by the time you all are listening to this closed in terms of you possibly being able to register for it. But all you have to do is be a sub to Mewtwo King's channel, Twitch channel, and you can enter this event. And don't worry, there are other events to enter in in the future for the other SEL qualifiers. But there's some really amazing names here. I'll pass it to Dark, Dark Gen X, who has the screen up and running here of the entrance so far that we have for frame perfect series five dr Genesis, you want to just do a quick breakdown of of who all is going to be going so far sure so for reference um i am the main seeder of the fps attorney uh, series alongside a bunch of other uh, tournament series like runner rumble or rollback rumble at this point uh main trio packs nightclub etc also be toing fps5 and by the time you are listening to this right will probably be closed even though the attendee list is closed right now, we do have a list of players who have signed up for the tournament, and it may be outdated by the time you're listening to this, but at the moment, there are a couple of heavy hitters that are signed up who we think have a pretty solid chance of getting in. So from a quick look, um, the top eight seeds as of right now, uh, Plop, Ben, LSD, Aklo, Dreffin, uh, Magi, Slug, and Albert, um, all these players, I mean, Plop, he qualified last week, and then all the other seven underneath also have a pretty solid chance. I think that those would be the heavy hitters. Um, additionally, there are a handful of other names of players who have been doing well in the rollback era or are also like other lower-end top 100 level or top 100 players who could make wild card upsets in similar ways to Daki, who surprised everyone last week. Just a handful of names I just want to pull out. Uh, Zuppy, a box fox from Ontario, who's been doing phenomenally at a lot of these tournaments recently 
Um, JFlex from New Jersey has been doing really well recently as well. He took a set off of Hacks uh, in March and just overall has been putting up really good results all around. Um, from the West Coast, SDJ, uh, the Texas Puff player, has been doing great recently. Uh, Aura the Peach from, uh, I want to say Oregon. Yeah. Uh, he's been doing really well recently as well. Hasn't really been entering too much, but when he does enter, he does great. And there's just a handful of other, like, grinders and heavy hitters and players who we haven't seen in a while just coming out of this uh coming out of nowhere and entering this tournament like pudgy panda has not entered a rollback tournament i'm pretty sure ever and he's entering because he thinks he can potentially make a wild card upset so we'll see what happens from the list you see here uh do any of you have any thoughts on anyone who you think could be making a wild card upset uh who could get in or just in general a player you want to shout out or look out for man didn't bones wanna... just have a crazy run just recently in a net play tournament he did i forgot which one it was but i know which one you're talking i know you're talking about one so like um, I'm, I'm always worried about bones because i don't know i feel like my mind just picks out the the guys that i know are like the craziest grinders and i'm like all right this player huge chance to make it so like bones i feel good about him making an upset on like almost anybody in this tournament i think there's a chance uh, i went to look up to see how he did at the last levo and he drowned in pools <laughs> It did be that way. A, <laughs> no, I swear he just had a big result. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. But he did have a really crazy tournament recently as well, but yeah. where he beat uh, at the MDVA summer where he beat like Laud and Red. But yeah. That was crazy. For me, I think Eddie Mexico stands out um as a player. I know he's he's I've been just seeing him more and more um, making like top eights on the West Coast, and I know there's a lot of contention between East Coast versus West Coast brackets right now for, for local region lock stuff. But I think looking at the spread of players, like as long, you know, there, there are three top sheets being Plup, Ben, uh, Draffin. But outside of that, lots of spaces. Uh, Luigi is, is pretty solid against the IC matchup too, which covers Pudgy Panda and Slug. Um, and so, you know, a few good runs, like a few good, you know, depending on how the bracket swings, any Mexico could make a uh, contention of, of, you know, sliding into a like fourth place finish. And I think that's possible, but you know, it's hard to not really consider that the top four, the top four favorites in my head being Plup, Ben, LSD and Aklo uh, with possibly slug being a wild card to make it um, over. I think some of the other players just because they're just really aren't a lot of icy since the wobbling ban and and the introduction of of the slippy era and so i think not being well versed in that mat or well practiced in the matchup i should say uh might give slug and and pudgy panda honestly a a slight advantage so on the two points that you just made first off with eddie mexico he got a very unlucky bracket at levo having to deal with plop and then cobalt immediately in losers but with the exception of that Levo, he has been doing phenomenally at a bunch of these tournaments. He had that one Saturday Night Levo where he beat Fat Goku twice, Zamu twice, and Two Saint to get second to Zamu. Holy shit. Uh, oh, no, I know. Sorry, no. He beat... Sorry, I'm I'm wrong. He beat Zamu, actually. He won the tournament. Holy um, shit. Yeah. Then at Rollback Rumble where he beat SDJ, Bobby Big Balls, uh, Ray, formerly known as Cross with Jesus, and Poppy, only losing to Kodorin and Ham Yojo. Um, a rollback rumble where he beat SDJ and Elliot before losing again to SDJ and then losing to Poppy. Uh, overall, Eddie Mexico's results have been really, really, really good. 
another fat Goku win over here. Uh, a lucky win as well. Uh, Eddie Mexico, I think, has a very solid chance of making it in, given just how well he's been doing. And then with what he mentioned with the Ice Climbers and Slug, um, if you look at the top six players currently signed up for the bracket, being Plop, Ben, LSD, Aklo, Druffin, and Magi, all six of them have had questionable history regards with regards to Ice Climbers. And with the lack of good Peach players nowadays, at least in terms of like Rising Stars or players who are active in Netflix tournaments, and with most of the good Falcon players being entered like in SCL already, this is a pretty like good field if you're an Ice Climbers player, especially given that not a lot of people are practicing the matchup. I would honestly probably say that Slug is going to be getting into this tournament. And I would say look out for Pudgy Panda because even if he hasn't entered a lot, I'm definitely biased. But um, <laughs> I think Pudgy Panda is going to be making waves at this event. And don't be surprised if he's being your favorite player on Saturday. Yeah. One thing to add, being familiar with both of those ICs, is that they, they traditionally are very good ice climbers, even without the wobble. Slug being one of the, probably arguably one of the best with the wobbling ban, you know, all in, in place. And so I definitely agree with you there. It's going to be really exciting to see. I think that we could easily see one of the super sliding characters, uh, pun intended, slide into a SCL <laughs> oh, slot. For context, by the way, for people who may not be as familiar, because I'm sure that Slug is a household name, Pudgy Panda is a New Jersey ice climber who hasn't really entered anything recently. His last major, he was the Icy's who beat Axe. And at every major that he enters, he normally beats a top 50 player. At the one beforehand, I believe he beat Mike Hayes and Kaon for, I want to say, 17th at Shine 2018. Mm -hmm. And then at SmashCon, beating uh, Axe, like we mentioned. At the King Regional, where they flew out none, he went Game 5 last stock with none as well. Uh, I think Pudgy Panda is one of the best players to never be top 100. And he's still as good as he was back then. So that's my Pudgy Panda rant for the day. Yeah, uh, to close on that, um, also just like looking at, at the rest, there are, I'm counting three Peaches and a Samus that they have to dodge, being uh, Mog, YCZ, Jamron, and Blue's Clues, which I wouldn't say is like, you know, I definitely think Pudgy and, and Slug definitely could beat them also, but like there are only four players that like present a very tough matchup to ICs in general which isn't bad when you're thinking about bracket luck. There's also, like, the Pops SDJ, who I can see here. The Slug beat SDJ the last time they played. I believe it was game... I want to say it was game four or game five, but it was, like, at the last SCL qualifier. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Cop, the Peach, and then a couple of Falcons, like, Mech and Majerus, who could potentially be threats. But overall, I think it's, like, the top, top level isn't... The top, top level has historically not been very good against Ice Climbers out of the players that we're seeing right now. But there are definitely players who are like second seeds of their pool or third seed of their pool who could pose major threats to these ICs. Not to mention like players who are under uh, the seeding because there is the whole like ICs being not a consistent character. And especially with Wobbling not on the table, who knows what could happen. I think sometimes like it, it sometimes feels to me like players reach top, top level. And they start worrying about uh, pushing like past that next person ahead of them, whether it's like a one of the top five or or whatever. But and then 
they they have like these weak matchups and and they're just kind of good playering through them sometimes and uh i don't know it worries me <laughs> so the two th- the two thoughts that i have first of all i want to shout out fan chris 717 melee let's go fan chris i you know the odds are stacked there are a lot a lot of players who are m- more likely to get a top four finish but let's go fan chris and then i'm noticing that axe tempo storm axe is absent from this bracket so far i don't know if that will continue to remain true but i i really hope that whatever is going on personal or just like in terms of the career path of him that we can see axe at some point uh, make a return to scl or just irl events when those come back i know that from a distance as far as what i can tell on twitter and, and streams and everything else that axe is not really taken too much to the the online era we were all kind of hoping or at least waiting to see if if this sel event would turn that around but but it has not Jarjanis, do you know anything that i don't you you knew about you knew about smash summit 11 being something <laughs> that is going to be irl do you have any inside info or can you not share so in regards to Fancris at least, he did beat Panda, who is another up and kind of like a rising box star who's been doing like phenomenally. I've said like 50 times already, but he's been doing really, really well on the Netplay era. And Fancris beat him. So maybe Fancris, I mean, I would like to see a Fancris top four. That'd be wild. But even if he doesn't make top four, I would not be surprised if he outplaces wherever he is seated at this and beats one of your favorite top players of this tournament. Um, in regards to Axe, I want to say, I don't have any, like, actual, like, private or, like, hidden information or whatnot. I heard from someone that said that Axe was not interested in entering online events at the moment. I don't know where the source is on that. I might just be pulling it out of my ass or something like that. But for what it, it seems like Axe will not be entering FPS 5 because I feel like he would have done so already. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to be proven wrong because I love watching Axe play. Oh, I just know Dawson's in here, too. We were talking about Icy Slayers. And, like, Dawson been in the same region as Slug for a long time. Plays Puff, I think. Uh, Has beaten Slug in the past as well. Yeah, pretty big mm-hmm. problem for any Icy's player in the bracket. Mm-hmm. What would you guys call your, your top four without knowing, like, who, you know, this you know the, the final seeding and then looking at the bracket? What would your guys' ideal top four prediction be? Um... Like it's gotta be plup I don't know. It's gotta be plup Ben L S D Aklo, but if I'm if I'm saying like there's gonna be an upset and like I have to bet my life on one upset, I have to believe Magi is gonna make it. Yeah, let's go, Magi. She's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that it's that that Magi somehow finds a way. Like I know that uh, as far as I can tell, that the internet connection seems to be a challenge for her, not not a, not her fault, kind of a deal. But I really hope that Magi is able to at least make one of these qualifiers and try to get into SEL because that's always just wild to watch that that Falco. She's got a great, it's, it's awesome. So I'm hoping for that. But I'd also pick Plup, LSD, and it's so hard because I've already picked Magi, so it's either Ben or or Aklo. But I, I think I'll just I think I'll just pick Ben just to see what what chances there are of two Sheiks possibly making it into Division Two this weekend. All solid picks. So I think everyone's in agreement that Plop's gonna make it in. He's he's literally Plop. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Magi's internet is cooperating with her, she will be able to qualify, even if there is like a quote-unquote upset by seed. I think Magi is still at worst a top 30 player and has shown to be strong in these qualifiers, having qualified for Summit 10 when she was able to uh, enter the tournament. Like I said before, I think Slug or an Ice Climbers player, if I had to bet on it, I would probably say Slug over Pudgy, even though my heart wants Pudgy to make it in. Um, I do believe that Slug has a very good shot against all the players who would be seated above him at this tournament, and assuming that something does not happen in, uh, the form of a Peach or a Falcon, which, by the way, the last time Slug played Aura, Slug actually beat Aura at LACS3 with Fox, so Slug can definitely pull it out. Um, I think Slug is a very good shot at making it into top four, and my last pick, I would probably say Aklo. I think LSD has also been having like controller issues and hasn't been entering too much and also hasn't been, I guess, hasn't been showing as much dominance as he was during like the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021. Um, I think Ben also has a pretty good shot at making it in. I'd be torn between Ben and Aklo given those two. I think that Ben has been playing like the best of his life and he's been doing absolutely amazing recently too, but... I'm not sure between him. I think it's just the New Yorker and me. Do we know about Ben results? Like, do we know about Ben results pre net play? By the way, like, has um, he just ben actually is... grinded up to a top player during net uh, during like rollback era? So Ben beat Absent Page at a Smash and Splash, and then Absent Page grinded his way back to beat Ben for sixty fifth. <laughs> he didn't really travel very much, but he was like he was at the very worst a fringe top one hundred player. He was always grinding on Smash ladder like with like his chic and his pichu um (laughs) he was always a solid player but it wasn't until like rollback when he really started like popping off and being like seen as a top like 40 50 player he was doing fine in like like the original untitled he entered as like billy bobob or what or some name like that uh at one of the first untitled and made waves and people thought he was swedish delight and (laughs) no one knew who ben was and now it's like oh yeah, Ben, we know Ben. He's just that's chic. He's really good. He's one of the most he's one of the things I'm like most excited about once uh uh in in person tournaments come back. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to just go down as like a net play warrior, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he won't. Yeah, yeah, I kinda feel the same. I, I agree with that. Talking about Ben, Ben I feel is one of the like I have in my head Plup Ben guaranteed top qualifying, actually which is really funny. Um, then I think I'm going to choose Aklo over LSD to make it in and and Slug over Magi to make it in. So my top four is like yours, Dark Gen X, Blup, Ben, mm-hmm. Aklo, Slug. Wow, that's awesome. And with all of that, we're starting to get to over the hour point. So to be respectful of everybody's time, I think I'll push us into predicting winners and losers and since there's four of us we can't do tiebreakers i'm wondering if i should just take a back seat and let y'all predict or or what are your thoughts it's up to you I th- yeah Cypher, like, Cypher we can moderator. just run it yeah <laughs> sure so <clears throat> i think um what i'll do is i'll just uh we'll, we'll do it in this order uh we'll try to remember to do it in this order i'll i'll start with wasabi then jesse then dark gen x and if there needs to be like yeah i'll just i'll just take a back seat 
if I really feel the need to like make my pick known, I'll, I'll, I'll shout it out. But, um, yeah, we'll do Wasabi, Jesse, Dark Gen X, and then optional me. I, I will defer to all of your uh, higher level of levels of opinions on these matchups. So to start off, we're going to have uh, Mango versus Wizzy, who's going to, whoever loses that is going to play the winner of Keizu Kadoran. So Mango versus Wizzy, Wasabi, who wins? It's Mango, without a doubt. Mango and do you want and do you then, want us to say then, the both sets or just no just sorry Mango I should have made that clear yes just just the one set and then we'll go to the winner of Keizu Kadoran and then Got pick it. a winner between those two awesome. so yeah Jesse who's gonna win Mango Wizzy it's Mango right it's it's Mango right like there's <laughs> and Dark Genix Mango won when the match got announced <laughs> and then Wasabi who wins Keizu versus Kadoran. I th- I'm gonna say Kadoran. I think he's gonna make neutral absolute hell, uh, and and that's what my heart says. I flip flopped on this one so hard, so many times, but I I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Kadoran too. Like I don't know, Ke- Keizu still scares the shit out of me. That's he's such a good player. So there's a world. <laughs> yeah, I-, I just feel like the the punish game isn't as important as the neutral game and 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 just Kadoran can be so constrictive like if you can hold plup at bay you can you can probably hold the peach at bay i'd imagine but that's an assumption i'm making and dark Janix, what do you think so as much as i like Kadoran, i think that kalamazoo has been playing potentially at a low top 10 level in regards to his results recently and he has played very much against Marth, at least in the rollback era. The only Marth he's played is Umarth, who P3O'd. I kind of want to go with Kalamazoo here, in that I think whatever he's prepared, or whatever Kodoran is preparing for, I don't think there's enough data on Kalamazoo to say that Kodoran just got it without like any doubt. So I'm going to go with Keizuan. And I'm super torn about this myself, but I'll, I'll go ahead and, and pick Kadorn just because I like the Marth. I, ca- I can't help it. So we'll just have Kadorn moving on here, even though we respect and value Dark Janix's opinion on all of these <laughs> matchups. So that means it would be Wizzy, theoretically speaking, versus Keizu. So we'll start with Wasabi, who wins that matchup to stay in Division one, or to move up into Division one, does Wizzy stay, or does Keizu supplant and move into Division one? Sorry, Wizzy stays for me. I think. I think Wizzy stays. He's a he's a beast at that matchup. Sorry, did I did I pick wrong? I meant to say, Kadoran is yeah. winning, and playing oh, against Wizzy, oh, Wizzy versus Keizu. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah, would yeah. be Wizzy Kadoran. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's my bad. I do think Wizzy wins. I think Wizzy would win between both against Keizu and Kadoran also if I mean, like yeah. i would have wizzy over kadoran but if i'm if it's like a, a traditional sports like vegas line and i'm walking in and i want to make a bet on something and it's wizzy versus keizu i might go keizu because keizu's got like i would get odds on keizu and i feel really good about him they, they Actually, I, really, last I really like this back and forth instead of picking one 
Dark Genix, who do you think Wizzy would be able to beat or lose to? Is it winning both against Keizu and Kadoran, or does the momentum of the winning matchup go against Wizzy's favor? I like this format of saying like whoever would lose, how they would do against either one of the matchups. Um, for what it's worth, uh, Keizu went Game 5 with S2J at full local fight night, and has been pretty solid that matchup. I know that um, when he traveled to New York for that one HNC after getting upset... Yeah, re- he got upset relatively early by Whiskers, who actually beat him again in the rollback era. Whiskers is just a master of that matchup. Uh, he did beat Smuckers, uh, and has shown to be very powerful in the Falcon matchup. With that in mind... I think Wizrobe is on another level than a lot of the Falcons that we've seen recently. And if I were to bet, I'd probably put odds on Keizu, but I do think that Wizrobe is favored against both Kadoran and Keizu. Who did? Didn't Wizzy play Keizu last week? Or am yeah, I just imagining yeah, I it? Did he have like three point something openings? Because Ryobi put a tweet about this. Oh, that's he right. only needed like three and a half openings to oh. kill a Peach on average, which is ridiculous. That's like, that is a stat. Mm, I forgot about that set. <laughs> and it ended, yeah, it like ended so, like, yeah. it was so dirty, the ending with the spike. Or it was just a meteor smash, actually, wasn't it? Well, anyway. On to Zane versus Moki. And I think we all, can we just all say Zane, right? Yeah. Zane wins. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then that, the then Moki would be playing against either Nun or Gatsu. So Wasabi, who wins Nun or Gatsu? I, I I think that just with 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 all the factors included, I, I, my my gut is telling me Gatsu, but I think that Moki beats either of the Falcons in in the relegation battle. Yeah. I I and Jesse. Like I also well, I think it's gonna be none against Moki, and then like that without having like the knowledge of uh results that dark genix would have but like going with my gut moki versus none feels like the purest 50 50 that i could imagine and like i want to pick none uh just because like i i just feel like at some point none's gonna return to form and he's gonna be like that top 10 player that we were seeing earlier in rollback era And Arjanix. So, just as a quick uh, sidetrack, really quick. Uh, Joy Boy and Cobalt both signed up for FPS 5 as we were talking. Oh, Cobalt's so, such a good pick. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, <laughs> scrap everything about Ices and Luigi now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With that in mind, um, I do think that Moki has it. In real life, Moki did great against none. And has also been playing phenomenally. And as like we've said before, um, none has not been playing super on point recently due to other circumstances. But overall, I think that both Moki, my Moki, will be both of the Falcons, and that Gatsu will be also favored against none. That makes sense. And I, I, I would, ju- I'm just rooting for none really hard here. I love seeing Gatsu play as well, but I'm rooting for none. But then I can't, I can't quite, I can't quite see the see none being able to beat moki here so agree with all that moving on to 
S2J versus Sunsei for the right to advance in the single elimination division one. Wasabi, we'll start with you again. Who takes it, S2J or Sunsei? I think S2J is going to take it. And and that means then Sunsei will play either Ginger or Daki. Uh, going back to the start of this podcast, I, I did think Ginger is going to take that. But if Sunsei played both Ginger and Daki, I imagine that Ginger would beat Sunsei, but da- uh, Sunsei would beat Daki. That would be a ridiculous upset for Daki to get uh to get it over Ginger. That would be such yeah. a good, that would be such a sick result. But uh truly it started from the bottom and, and now we're here. Oh my god, yeah. I like it has to I have the uh I have the relegation matches like written down, which ones I think I'm gonna have. And I've got soon say ginger here, and you know, I'm picking ginger. It's it's me being biased towards the absolute, you know grinders not saying sunsei is not but ginger is a big streamer and i i see it all the time so in my head ginger it's got to have it and dark genix what do you think um i think sj has it over sunsei that's a good set to watch regardless and i think it'll be close but i think sj is going to edge him out and then regardless of who loses that i think that the loser of that set will be both ginger and daki I think that overall, Sunsei against Falco, he's been his style of play. I think works pretty well against Falco, and that like he doesn't allow them to breathe. He like gets in their face and doesn't really allow them to do what they want to do. And Ginger's the kind of player who does very well when he controls the place, uh, the pace of the game. And I think that Sunsei's style would be very, I guess, it would work really well against Ginger, I believe, and. I just overall think that Sunsei is there. And the one thing that I will say, I, we forgot to say this the whole time, but Sunsei is still like pretty fresh off of having a hand injury himself. Uh, not not quite on the notoriety level of Leffen having a hand injury, but has been able to compete and play very, very well in SEL. But I think it was just like maybe a week, a barely a week before last Sunday for the first week of SEL that he was like cleared by a doctor to actually play on a controller and compete. So super wild stuff. But the last the last set of matches here to determine the shakeups between Division One and Division Two, IBDW versus SVAT. Wasabi, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I when we were talking about this, I made it sound like a fifty fifty, but I'm gonna have to pick IBDW for advancing and. I, it's going to be really interesting, but I actually think that SFAT had, I'm going to call an SFAT win to stay in D1 against both HBOX and Lucky, and and I, I do think HBOX will take it, but I think SFAT can can beat both. I also think it's going to be HBOX SFAT, but like, I don't know. It's so weird that saying that feels like I'm predicting an upset, but I really do feel like it's just got to be hbox over sfat the way he's been playing recently uh i feel like he's on the upswing again I, I, it's just good to see him grinding and uh he's been doing that a lot man <laughs> and arc X. similar thoughts i think that ibw will beat sfat i think that sfat will be lucky but i think that hbox will beat sfat mm-hmm. and that would be and that would be super cool to see but i'm i'm very curious to see <laughs> Uh, there's no way we're going to get to talk to SFAT after 
potentially losing to IBDW here, being like, well, actually, I wanted to play against HBox anyway. It seems like SFAT just wants to play against everyone, so that's really fun. <laughs> so that that just leaves that just leaves the single and limb. So we can try to go through this without even doing the matchup matchups. But out of Mango, Zane, STJ, and IBDW, who takes week two for the single elimination division one bracket? And we'll start with Wasabi. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a repeat of of SEL one. I think Zane takes it. Yeah. I, I've also got Zane taking it. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but like watching Mango Zane, like Mango as always did some amazing shit to be able to beat Zane on FD twice. Like twice. it was ridiculous. But I, I don't know that without bringing something new that it's necessarily repeatable. Uh, like one of the things that stood out to me the most was like Zane had Mango off stage in like dead to rights a couple times and mango just kind of side beat through him like zane didn't react to it and i just like i don't know i feel like you play it again zane reacts he's got a couple more stocks because those fd games are close and uh it's just a whole different set so i got i got zane and dark gen x i think zane will win this I, I so, really want to say Mango just because I want to see a difference between SCL1 and SCL2. I'm not like worried about the narrative being like, oh no, it's just the same as last time because there's new players and obviously this is just like a continuation of Zane going, oh, I lost? Well, I'll just rip through everything and everyone to get it back, to get it right back. And I, I respect that so much. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think I would also really love to see... Uh, <laughs> And this is so unlikely, but to see S2J somehow upset his way into the finals at the very least to meet Zane there, but we'll we'll see. And with that, that's probably about all we have. I want to make sure that we get closing thoughts and that everybody can plug their stuff and whatever they're actively doing and want to promote all the fun things. And Wasabi, if you want to offer your closing thoughts and also tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, yeah. I think for closing thoughts, uh, just really, you you mentioned that, you know, worried about a repeat of, of SCL1. I think the gameplay of, of SCL2, even just looking at week one, is, is at such a higher level right now. The meta has shifted and people have very understandably gotten used to the rollback era. And I think the gameplay has been phenomenal and it feels just a notch above anything we've seen uh you know, you know, around the SCL, you know, first iteration of of SCL. Uh, and aside from that, you can find me on all platforms: YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter at Wasabi Sabi with two S's. Jesse, we'll push it to you. Yeah, man. I mean, like, whoever wins and and whoever does well breaks into SCL. Whatever. This is like the freshest that I've ever seen melee as a as like a spectator sport since i got into it in like you know 2015 2016 right around when dark gen x you said you got into it uh it's as good as it's ever been like whoever wins i'm gonna be satisfied it's gonna be fun to watch uh you can follow i run weeklies well used to run online weeklies uh you can follow me at, at rtb lancaster on twitter uh right now I'm, i've got a third strike tournament coming up in may if you're into that i'm streaming the i'm streaming wombat wednesdays for p plus so if you want to get into some p plus it's an east coast weekly 
We see like 40 to 50 entrants every week. It's amazing. Uh, you can find info on that at RTB Lancaster, or if you want to get it right from the source, uh, at Wombat Fights on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. I'm looking forward to in-person stuff. I'm starting to ramp up for that. Hopefully it comes back soon. And Dark X, your closing thoughts and where the people can find you. I think that no matter what happens, we're going to have a really good weekend of Melee every week for the next couple of weeks. SCL qualifiers into a full day of SCL. It's always refreshing seeing all of these like up and comers face off against like the top players who aren't in SCL on the Saturday, and then seeing how the champions of the last day do on Sunday and see what's going on, and then end the day with like the top top level of melee, the best, most high level melee that there's ever been, with such high production quality from Beyond the Summit and from like the various people running the tournament qualifiers and it's like we could be in a state where melee is nothing there is no online to be played and yet because of the combined efforts of the community and a handful of like individuals who are running these events we're getting a high quality melee as if there is no pandemic outside preventing us from playing the game we love so much i think no matter what happens we're going to get a good show and just keep supporting melee in these trying times if you want to follow me uh, I post content on my Twitter account. If you follow Melee, you've probably seen some of it. Twitter.com slash DarkGenX. I have a pretty inactive YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash DarkGenX. And if you want to see all those links, DarkGenX.com. Ooh, <laughs> let's go. Website. Big, big fan of DarkGenX.com. <laughs> now I'm going to have to check that out. But yes, I will make sure to include DarkGenX.com on the description of this podcast episode. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Also want to give a shout out to Pew Pew You who saw all of our Discord activity for this recording and and was wondering where is Craig the Discord recording robot. Craig is just not really working a lot, Pew Pew You. Okay. And then also to Brentos, friend of the program as well. So that's all I have. And thank you, Dark Janice, especially for uh, the last minute join and to Jesse as well for the last minute join. Wasabi and I were trying to think about who we could possibly bring on to help preview and we really appreciate all of your time and Wasabi, thank you for coming back after last week for having enough fun and putting up with me to be on and then long live Melee. I hope that everybody enjoys the rest of their day, morning, evening, midnight snack. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. We're done. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. All right, I'm going to hit stop recording. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Who doesn't love link trees? All right, thank you so much for sticking with us all the way through. We had a lot to go through, projecting a lot of matchups, learning about new people entering Frame Perfect Series 5 and the qualifier for... Summit Champions League 2. By the way, I'm still getting used to that. I keep wanting to say Slippy, but it's Summit Champions League 2. <laughs> Nobody can come after me now. So thank you so much for listening and for still sticking around to hear me wrap up on today, to wrap up on all things Melee. I'm looking for my phone because I wanted to remind myself to talk about where you can catch all the action this weekend, where you can watch all this awesome melee that we were talking about this entire time. Okay, so Saturday, April 17th, 
twitch.tv slash Mewtwo-king. That is where you can watch Frame Perfect Series 5, including the Melee Bracket, and see who exactly is going to qualify. Will Magi qualify? Will Slug qualify? Ben? LSD? Aklo? So on and so on and so on. Let's go, Fangrass. And so you can watch twitch.tv slash Mewtwo-king. Link is in the description. And on Sunday, April 18th, Division 1 and Division 2 action all day with amazing commentary. And it wasn't just Squid, Lovage, and Slime, excuse me. <laughs> I kept wanting to say Toph because I was expecting Toph to be there. Toph did not end up showing up, if I, as I recall. But Leffen was there, and I know Homemade Waffles was there. I feel like somebody else snuck in as well. Okay, that's not the right word. Snuck in is not... It's more like they were invited on warmly with all the fanfare and excitement that you could possibly ask for. But there is going to be additional talent on the mic this weekend, I imagine. And, of course, BTS Smash runs a great stream. So you're going to be able to watch a lot of amazing Melee, and I encourage you to do so. But really, if you're listening this far, if you've gotten this far and are still listening to me talking about Melee, I think you're going to be there already. Only the Melee degenerates are with me now. You all are so lovely. Thank you so much for sticking with me. The other thing I will say is that I'm planning on pushing out an interview that I already recorded. I just didn't get a chance to put it together yet. This is a little bit on the rare side. Typically, I push out an interview that I do with somebody within 24 hours after completing it, but sometimes there's just extra things going on in my life that I need to address and handle and blah, 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 right? So I wasn't able to do it within 24 hours this time, so my apologies to Redacted. Actually, that puts it in a negative context. It's not redacted. It's someone who I'm very excited to share the interview with all of you. So look forward to that on Saturday. So there's your call to action. Go follow at BSM pod on Twitter. That's my that's my Twitter handle for the bottom of the, sorry, not the, it's just bottom of the Smash Mountain podcast. And you can see when episodes go up because I say on this newest episode of hashtag BSM pod, da, ba, da, ba, 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 da. You get it. <laughs> enough enough of the sharing of the links and such. I can't think of anything else that I really want to speak on other than what I thought we might potentially get into with Wasabi, Jesse, and Dark Genix, and we did not end up doing this, but there was some discourse around a hot take IBDW had on the newest project of Melee Stats Archive, which is game waiting, game loading. Oh, no. I'm not remembering the exact name of this wonderful program that, well, okay, now I'm going to even out myself more as a moron because I didn't even watch, <laughs> I, I didn't even watch the lead episode of Waiting for Game, excuse me, Waiting for Game is the newest project of Melee Stats Pod Archive, and I'm so happy that they're doing this. It was Wheat, Edwin, and IBDW for the first episode. So you know where to find all those people. And IBDW was saying something to the effect of, hey, why don't we have pools for in-person tournaments run online? And then we'll just have the top 64 bracket or top 128 bracket. And you don't get to have the nuanced take of Edwin, Wheat, and IBDW because... 
I'm not the person who can give it to you. I did not watch the thing myself. I just saw the quote on Twitter. I saw Twitter getting into it, and I thought, well, I kind of want to get into it with the people that I had on tonight, but there was plenty to talk about, as you know. So I thought I'll just save it for the very end if I even remember to talk about it because it has since started to die down. By the time you're listening to this, sometime this weekend, hopefully before the matches begin, you'll be going, oh, yeah, that was a thing like two days ago. (laughs) (laughs) but I might as well preserve it in history because why not? Basically, as a spectator and as someone who hopes to go Owen to lots and lots and lots of future events, I would not like the idea of it personally to have online pools for an in-person major or an in-person tournament of any kind to do the pools online and then to do the final bracket, whatever amount that you want to do, the last 128 entrants or the last 64 entrants. Because what's the point of all the people who drowned in pools? What's the point of them showing up for the social side of it? Of course, we're all going to be really excited to do that. But do we want to show up just to show up every time at every major? I think the truth in all of this especially in the more nuanced takes that I saw on Twitter. Always good to see that, but I'm not going to remember who said all this kind of stuff, but there were remarks and comments to the effect of melee is not, this is not the move for melee. And I think it was mostly juggle guy, Robin Harn, who was saying that crowd of people is very important to the scene as a whole and of course (laughs) since I would technically be in that group if I was entering events of course that speaks to me so (laughs) by the way is it juggle guy or juggle rob I always forget I feel so bad but I know the full name is Robin Harn so is that is that good enough for everybody no it's not good enough for me I thought I was I thought I was going to be okay to try to recall that based off of memory but Now I can't, and I have to make sure that we get this. It's Juggle Rob. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Hopefully this won't become images that precede unfortunate events. But wait, (gasps) how can you possibly make it an image? You can't screenshot the podcast platform app that you're using to listen to this and send it to that that Twitter account and be like... Jesse said something stupid at the end of this podcast episode when it was very tired and didn't have much sleep the night before. Ha! (laughs) Yeah. So it's Juggle Rob. That's my bad. All right. I think that's all I got. I didn't really have a whole lot of nuanced takes for it because he really wants to listen to me, right? So thank you so much for joining me this evening and for all the lovely people that I had on tonight that were so gracious with their time and so willing to fire off all the takes. One more time, thank you to Wasabi and Dark Gen X and Jesse. Find the links to their stuff down in the below, down below in this here podcast. And I can't wait to talk to y'all again very, very soon. And until then, stay classy or uh, something.